All right, what is up, everybody? You are listening to The Creative Mind, an unpolished podcast about unpolished artists featuring unpolished artists. My name is Jordan, a.k.a. Nazario, because I do music, and I need a cool name for that. And Jordan wasn't cool enough for me, so I made up my own name. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Zachary, and uh, I... I don't think my name is cool as is, but I didn't even think to change it. So here we are. It's still just my name. So welcome to the creative mind. Um, we are two artists who are making lots of different art. We have different ideas. We want to share that stuff. And we realize that the best way to do something is to just do it. So this podcast yep. is not finished. It's not beautiful. Rather, it's just this ever-changing thing where we're going to talk about art. We're going to talk about creative process and hopefully give you guys interesting insight, interesting perspective, and uh, mm -hmm. if nothing else, mad good times as we chat about what makes our makes our creative days go smoothly. Yeah, so a little bit about myself. Um, I am a producer, sometimes rapper, sometimes singer, sometimes audio engineer. Uh, I've been doing music since I was like 16. I'm 23 now, so that's seven years or something like that. And that is my main creative outlet, but I dabble in everything from graphic design to video editing, um, anything else that I find interesting that's creative photography. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name is Zachary, so I do uh, all kinds of random stuff. I used to think I was going to be like an engineer or like a, you know, do code or software development or something like that. Um, and then I realized that I don't like to work very hard. And so I... Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I quit doing a... I stopped taking math classes and I switched to art, switched to graphic design. And now here I am a couple of years later and I actually am working just probably about as hard as I would have in a software engineering field because I do graphic design, I do illustration, I do web development, I do creative direction, I do branding, marketing. Um, I've got a full-time job and also a bunch of freelance gigs and a t-shirt company I run. And I love every second of it. I love every second of doing art and doing processes and meeting people who are excited about creativity and, and making stuff cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's us. That, yeah. The funny thing is, so you might be wondering how we met. Probably not, but you're going to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we were in school together. I think well, you were you worked on the audiovisual department, in the audiovisual department for like for a little bit, right? I did. I think actually. that's where I first met you. Yeah, I found on my laptop today, I was cleaning off my laptop and I found a bunch of old process files of like just garbage stuff I made when I was <laughs> working in that department. Um, oh, really? And I was like, oh yeah, I got paid minimum wage to do that. And how they, they did never even use because they were like, this isn't, this doesn't work. These like chapel background slides. But yeah, yeah, we worked. Oh, yeah. Uh, so how we met would have been, I guess it would have been freshman year at Bethel College. Just, yeah. how, how I think did we meet? I'm pretty sure that's it. I know I met Tyler first because uh, he was working at the radio station with me. Oh, yeah, my younger brother. So I met him and he like 
I think he may have mentioned you, but I didn't really know you. I didn't. I don't think I met. We met until sophomore year, and then even then, we were kind of. Like, it was like kind of like, oh yeah, that's Zach Nelson. Oh yeah, that's Jordan. Yeah. But like, we didn't really like talk. It literally took until what, like senior year, I think. Did I did I message <laughs> you about? No, it was sophomore year because I was in Nashville. I think either yes. the Kanye album came out. It was either Life of Pablo or a Bonavera album came out, and I like randomly messaged you asking if you had listened to it. It was um. Uh, Bon Iver and um, oh, was it James Blake? Was it the James Blake album? Maybe it was. Yeah. Either way, we found out that we both listened to pretty much the same music, and it was like, why weren't we friends all this time? Like, we wasted so much time not being friends. <laughs> and then we graduated. And it was like, like you and I probably hung out more. You driving to South Bend from yeah. Ohio and like sleeping in my spare room. We probably hung out more than we actually did <laughs> in college. But that's how life works. So, but hey, it's cool though. We made it. Actually, I think we can segue since we just talked about our creative ventures. We can kind of segue from that actually into the um, creative entrepreneurship, technically. For sure. Some polish. We we never said it was going to go in the order that we planned out when we wrote it out. So that's exactly right. In fact, yes, yeah. it's, it's just a the the whole point of branding it as an unpolished pop podcast is that like if it sucks and nobody ever listens to it. We have our backs covered. It's like, oh, well, that was their plan from the start, was for it to be yeah. popular. <laughs> yeah, what are you so, working on right now? Yeah, so right now, um, I actually just wrapped up a project uh, with my group, OZN, which, long story about that, but um, basically it's a group. It consists of two rappers, uh, Vino and Bizzo, who I met after I graduated, and then it consists of me as the producer and sometimes rapper. Um, so we, we just released that project in, what was it? Like April 13th. Yeah. So what ended up happening, uh, was we did that and then it was kind of like, okay, now what? So we're kind of in a middle space of just kind of doing songs, just doing a few songs and just working on them. Not really having any definite ideas on what we're going to do next. But, um, another thing I did not mention, this is not my full-time job being a musician. I also have a full-time job working at a company which i shall not name um doing more corporate type things as a salesperson so yeah yep gotta so pay I, bills yeah but it's still right. audio related what you do yeah i mean not yeah. that you can be too specific but yeah i mean i guess i could be more specific but i don't know if i want people to know where i work they might <laughs> <me now. laughs> but so yeah so it's it's an audio visual company um an audio visual integrator we sell audiovisual gear to corporate offices, so fancy products with fancy names that I never knew before this, like Crestron, Extron. I've heard of Cisco, but yeah, stuff like that. We sell stuff like that and install it. But what creative things have you been doing lately? A little bit about me. I have some projects that I just do totally for free for myself, and I really try not to get paid for them just because I would rather it be a full creative expression. So one of them is this t-shirt company I run with my sister. Um, my sister is nine and she does all the like creative direction. She comes up with all the ideas for all the t-shirts and stuff we do. And I've been trying to get a summer t-shirt line off the ground. Um, mm -hmm. it, it can be difficult when your business partner is nine. She's got like play dates <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> she has a schedule. She's, yeah, man. She's meetings and business, important business meetings with like... I don't know, playgrounds and stuff. So, um, no, but I, uh, so she ended up being busy today. 
but I'm hoping to sometimes sit down with her. I try not to pressure her just whenever she's free uh, and actually wants to work on the project. But she has actually been interested. Uh, she and I have been just for ourselves kind of also like scripting at this TV show, which has been super fun. Like um, writing a couple episodes and doing some character design. It's total again, it's one of those things where like I really just... Uh, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll share with the podcast later when it's more like fully formed, but right now it's just this full creative expression thing. Um, yeah. But the big, the big creative project I'm working on right now is um, I'm working with a medical organization to do a huge social campaign. And oh my goodness, if I can just give this tidbit to the people out there freelancing. First, mm-hmm. first of all, if you are out there hustling for like, if you're making your like grandma's website or like your friend's wedding invitations, that's fine. Like that's good work to do if you're a designer and you're like just trying to get a little bit of extra cash. But corporate money is so so oh, yeah. much better to work for because if if there's anybody out there who hasn't like really maybe you're like just starting the freelance journey, uh, like just really think about it this way: if you do someone's wedding video. That means that they've saved up their pennies and pinched and part of their wedding budget is going to give you $2,000 to come in for a day and like capture the biggest day of their lives. That's the most money they're ever going to spend on a video in their life. So it's high stakes, high pressure, really difficult, and you really got to put time in. Whereas if you're working for, uh, you know, like an accounting firm and like, oh, we need, we need a video to go on a website. And so come in for a day, you know, the same amount of shoot time as for a wedding video. Uh, it's pretty standard. We just need like a montage shown around the office and some people talking pretty similar to a wedding video and, uh, we need it whenever, right? Like they're just trying to recap their business. They're going to pay you the same amount of money. If not more, you're going to do the exact, like they're going to expect a similar type of product. Like you're not going to have to learn a new software or do anything different. In fact, their expectations are going to be much lower. Like corporate money is just different. People have budgets, it's not their money, and they will just pay you out of their marketing budget for the year, you know, and it's so much lower stress. So any freelancer who's a few years in can totally attest to that. But if you're just starting out and you're, you know, you're doing your buddy's wedding invitations, absolutely do those to start up to get that experience. But the sooner you can make those corporate connections, like those, Mm -hmm. those guys have deep pockets and they have to spend their money anyway. So do more of that. So anyway, I'll have to say I'm working on this project and it's so great because it's been like a, uh, I'm, I'm like eight months into it and it's, oh, wow. yeah, it actually, they, they had to delay it. They had one of their departments. Just oh, there. okay. Yeah. But oh. it's the, my side is still going through and it's so awesome because, uh, it's good money. I'm getting paid over a long period of time and I've gotten to just, it's like so low pressure. It's just, um, a relative, you know, to most things it's like opportunities for back and forth and let's chat and how do we want to re-edit this and be creative and really do your own thing and uh yeah and the the other benefit to working with corporate people is they're so not creative at all usually yeah like you can come to the table and be like hey i want to do this like wacky different thing again if you're doing that for like your buddy's wedding invitation they're like no i want what i saw on pinterest right like because they have their own creative vibe but when you work with an accounting firm or a doctor's office or you know, bigger organizations, they're like, yeah, come in and like, give me a fun idea. Like, what's the weird yeah. thing you want to do? And you can just, yeah. and then, yeah. oh, sorry. No, that's, that's about it. <laughs> oh, but I was going to say funny story from the corporate world that I work in. Um, because I, the industry that I work in is so specialized. We, when we do stuff for other companies that are like law firms or whatever, 
they don't really know what we're talking about for the most part. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> what ended up happening, there was one thing I was working on a document and um, somebody sent me a document that, that we had used at a previous location. And typically it says RFP, which is request for proposal. And the one that they sent me said RPF. And I was like, that's weird. I haven't heard that term before. Maybe it's a new term that I just haven't learned yet. I'm new to this whole thing. I could be wrong. So I gave it to somebody else once I got done and he looked at it and he was like, yeah, you had that wrong. And I was like, oh, that's just how it came. And like, he was like, oh, that's weird. And I was talking to him about it and I was like, and I was like, but like, we got that job, right? The one that this is from. He was like, yeah, they don't know what they're, they didn't know what they were looking at. They don't know like all the technical terms. It was like, okay. But yeah, so just echoing what you're saying, like people know about their respective fields. They don't necessarily know about your respective field of what you do so you kind of have a little bit more freedom when you're in the corporate world which is weird to say as a creative it is weird you'd expect uh you'd expect it to be a an opportunity for people to strangle you and that that occurs like a lot yeah for sure yeah but what you it's just about finding the right people um and if you get into the right scenarios again this is it. like picture yourself running a business, you know, let's say you're a dentist, you own a dental firm, you hire a marketing guy and you say, Hey, like, I just need you to make these ads happen. And your marketing budget is like 50 K for the year. So just make that happen. Then that marketing guy is going around saying, I don't want to spend all day obsessing over a video. I, I want to pay somebody, I want to pay somebody out of this marketing budget and have them make a video. And if that person comes in and says, Hey, I got a great idea. I'm going to make it look really cool. It's going to be really interesting. These are my ideas. Oftentimes, if you're bringing that kind of creative vibe, these corporate guys are going to say, yes, like I'm not even spending my money, right? I'm spending like my firm's money, I'm spending my budget and you're making my job easier by bringing these ideas and bringing this quirkiness. And I don't have to think about anything. Exactly. And and you, you're definitely going to have people, you're going to come in with your best ideas and they're going to say, you know, get rid of the weird stuff and make it more standard because I need standard and I don't want to offend anybody. That, that happens. Absolutely. Uh, but if you find the right people, you'll find, you know, you're not going to be creatively fulfilled. Like you need your side projects, but you'll find in corporate environments, like that's what people are paying you for. They're paying you to be the person who comes up with the ideas. And uh, yeah, if you find the right client, it can be a really, really enjoyable process. Yeah. So uh, when we were in the middle of our introductions, I actually had a really great idea for a good question to ask and talk about. Bring so, it. this question is, what is one of the earliest memories that you have of doing something creative? Because, like, for me personally, like, you, when you were talking about writing a TV show, mm. that just reminded me, like, I have, there's a notebook that I still have from when I was a little kid. I wrote this whole cartoon. Like, I was into anime as a child. Nice. So, like, I wrote this whole... I wrote this whole TV show called The Blade School. Nice. And it was just, and it was just like, I had like a few different characters. They were all like, they all had different forms of swords and whatever, swords, size, all the ninja stuff that I that I grew up oh, yeah. into. And I found a whole, like, I just still have this, this book. Like, it's just a regular notebook that somehow, I, for whatever reason, I took the page off right because I'm just uber creative. Um, I took the main cover off of like the normal notebook and took like a piece of cardboard, drew on it, like put like a design and everything, put like the blade school script and stuff, and then taped it back onto the notebook. (laughs) (laughs) And it just is like the whole script, like for the whole first episode of that show. 
what a good name. Oh my gosh. I want to watch that. Yeah, I should go back and look at it. I have looked at it and I'm like, oh, this is terrible screenwriting. <laughs> like the idea was there and it was great. I just didn't understand screenwriting. And I'm not saying that I do now, but I understand it more than I did before. As yeah. a, like, what, like seven year old or however old I was. Yeah. Oh, this is, okay, so my sister Jiju, I mentioned before, who's nine, she likes to write comics. And one time she, she wrote this comic called, um, otter tales about this little otter kid who has like a walkman and like funny hair and um it's about him going to school and some backstory here so she's homeschooled she's i think gonna be going to school next year but my parents are like just teaching her at home and doing some classes just because they mm-hmm. they want to control her environment make, you know make sure she's getting invested in it. yada 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 but so she's never actually been to school she'll you know find out this fall i know that like yeah 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 but um, I, I'm reading this comic book and it's like all about him going to school, which is this like exotic, interesting thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to school. Like, what is school? And in the comic book, he goes to a class and this is this is the scene. OK, he walks in and sits down and the teacher assigns homework and then the bell rings and then they leave. <laughs> because that's yeah. all you ever see in a TV show. You only yeah. <laughs> you only ever see them entering the classroom, or you see the end where the teacher's like, "Read page twenty, you're dismissed." And that's what she yeah. thinks class is. She thinks you just go from room to room and sit down. And someone tells you what to do, and then the bell rings and you leave. Make sure you like finish this math homework. <laughs> All right, that's class. Goodbye. Wait, I didn't. What? We didn't learn how to do it. <laughs> Get out of here. Scram. But what was your first? Um, what was your first creative thing, memory? Man, that's such a good question. Um, so or at least one of your oldest ones that you can think of. Okay, so I can I can definitely remember, um, this is a no-brainer. So my dad uh, bought like a home video camera, like the classic, you know, Midwest dad thing, got to videotape everything. Yeah. And, you know, being kids, we stole it whenever possible. And mm-hmm. the first, uh, I actually talked about this in my uh, a, the, a speech I gave recently, where I, t- I spoke to to Bethel actually. Um, oh yeah. I talked about creative process and stuff, and I showed some of these videos when I was literally like. Oh wait, you wait, hold on, hold on. You showed some of the videos that you did. Yeah, when we were like five, six years old. Uh, <laughs> I wish, I wish I could. I wish they were still doing the live stream. I low key would have like ignored work and watched. <laughs> I actually, okay, I just found out. I'm actually gonna edit it together and post it somewhere. Because I just found out, someone texted me today. Someone goes, "Hey man." Really? Yeah. He goes, "Hey man, I I saw on LinkedIn that you like gave me a speech that you talked to Chapel at Bethel, and I found it online and listened to it, and you know, congrats." And I was like, "What? I, how did I didn't even know that was online?" Yeah. And it is. Yeah, they do. They do. They, do they have the video or is it just the audio? This is. It is literally just audio. I texted him. I was like, "Could you understand any of it?" Because literally, like, fifteen minutes of my Chapel speech is old home videos i'm kind of like cutting in and out i'm like and here's this and so randomly if you listen to the podcast it makes no sense because like watch this video and it's like me as a kid like there's a ninja in my house and (laughs) you can't see it yeah anyway what what were you saying okay yeah because i want to i want to see that but um it's interesting that i kind of had a similar situation we had a polaroid camera and i decided i wanted to be a photographer Nice. So, 
my genius self decided that I was playing football at the time. I think what was I? I think I was either I was on the Patriots and so yeah. So basically, I had my younger brother wear my football helmet and my jersey and hold my football, stand on my bed where I had like hung up a I had hung up the sleeping bag that had a red inside. And I hung that up and that was gonna be my backdrop. And then I just took pictures of him posing like he was playing football. And that was my photo shoot that I did with my brother. So <laughs> nice. The interesting thing is like just talking about this, I find it interesting. Like I feel like just when you look at your past, you can kind of tell like, okay, yeah, I definitely was meant to be a creative. Yeah. Like, like there's no question about it. Like just looking back on it, like the stuff that I was doing, it's just like, that's, it's, it's like kids are creative, but then like, there's like a whole nother level that kids go to. Right. Like when they're like really creative. And I feel like that's kind of like what, from like what your story about like the video camera. Yeah. And like just doing random photography, writing a whole comp, like not a whole comic book. Although I did do that at one point in time, but writing <laughs> a whole, um, a whole TV show. Also trying to make a cartoon once I had an animation program that I tried to use to make a TV show called Pelota. Um, was the yeah. was the animation program, uh, was it Pivot Stick Figure Animator? You ever use that? No, what was it? It was, oh man, what was the name of that program? I don't remember. It was like Animator 5 or something. Oh, did they sell it at Office Depot? Yeah. Yes, I wanted that. It was like 50 bucks. I wanted that so bad. Somehow I convinced my mom to get it for me. Oh man. We had to download like freeware there's a software called Pivot. You should Google yeah. it. It's literally, all you can do is draw lines and then the lines are attached by hinges and you can move you can move the hinges and, and, and export them as JPEGs. And so that- Really? That's it. It's like, it's like this incredibly basic animation software and we made so many videos with it. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. You're right that like you can see it in your past. I, I think the sweet spot for like being a creative prodigy is when your parents are really concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When your parents are like, you know, like taking you to a counselor because they're like, um, like he dressed all his like teddy bears up in suits and like threw them off a mountain and filmed it to Celine Dion. Like, should we get him looked at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know my mom became concerned for me when I said, oh, I want to be an artist. I want to draw for a living. And she was like, and it, most of it was, I don't think that like she really saw like how you can make money from doing like art like that, right. like traditional art. Right. So she was like, there's no money in that. Like you can't, like you can't live off of doing art. And it was like, oh really? That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be an artist. And then I went into another career path where it's like not guaranteed to make money. Yeah. It's yeah. the gig economy, man. Yeah. And another interesting thing, um, just like the, I think a lot of it, at least for our generation, is that just like the era that we're living in, like we don't have much to be worried about. And a lot more things are becoming automated. We're literally, literally recording this podcast on our cell phones. Yeah. From two different states. Yeah. Like, like, it's just like technology has made it where we don't have to worry about so many things. So then it just makes it where you don't have to worry about, oh, well, I'm going to go into being like a farmer. Like you don't have to think about that anymore. So you just have like, you don't have like, that's not what your mindset is. It's not like, well, I'm going to go and do this because this is what this is like. This is the only way like you're there's no there's not as much struggle involved in life now. Right. 
So then it kind of opens you up to kind of be like, okay, well, like, I don't have to, like, like, I'm not coming from a place where, it's like, I need to make money. I feel more free to be creative mm. because I don't have to worry about a lot, a lot of things that people did back in the day. Right. And then the other thing is, like, there's just, like, a lot of opportunity to actually, like, make a living off of doing a creative venture now because more and more things, that's more and more what we need now because... We don't need a lot of the more professional corporate things as much because like they're just being replaced by computers like we don't need to know how to like make clothes we do that we have computers do that unless it's like some super detailed high fashion thing or whatever mm -hmm. so it's like and which is by the way creative venture but um, <laughs> so it's just kind of like it just opens you up to look at more to focus on more possibilities which yeah which is a double-edged sword, sword, interestingly enough, at least in my opinion, because you don't feel the pressure to actually do something. But I feel like if you do feel that pressure, then you can actually turn it into something. Yeah, I, expand on that. What are you saying, like about the, the, you're saying there's an upside and a downside? So I feel like the downside is that, that if you don't really have the passion, like you kind of think about like, like how, you know how you were saying um, that, you were how you were jokingly saying that you were kind of like you didn't want to work hard or something or like i can't remember exactly what you said in your intro uh but, oh yeah well when i when i cut out when i dropped out of engineering school or transferred out of engineering school or whatever software engineering yeah. my goal at the time was to not work hard and now here we are four or five years later and i'm working possibly harder um yeah yeah and that's where I see the double-edged sword because people are like, oh, well, I can do this now. I see this opportunity like to make music and I can make money from this. So I'm going to do that instead of going to get a regular job. Right. But then like when you really get into it, it's like, oh, this is a lot of work. Right. And then if you don't have that drive, if you really don't want it, then you're not going to be able to do it because like, you really have to want it because it's going to be a lot more work than just going to clock in every day yeah. and clock out. So then the upside, though, is that you just don't have to like that you have even have the opportunity to do that, because Absolutely. like if you think about it, like back in the Great Depression, like like you just had to think you had to worry about the necessities, like you had to worry about where your next meal was coming from. You didn't have time to just think about, oh, well, what do I want to do? You had to think about, oh, well, I need to make money so I can eat. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like now that we're in an era where we don't need to where, where we we still, you still obviously need to think about the necessities, but it's not as dire a situation. So it gives you the opportunity to be able to look around and say, well, what do I actually like and what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I was saying about like the double-edged sword. I don't think that's the right expression, but it's... No, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I totally agree. I think, I think there are so many new upsides and downsides with that expansion of opportunity. Um, one of the... One of the downsides, in my opinion, because everybody has a voice, nobody has a voice, oftentimes. And yeah. it becomes this interesting thing where, like, anybody can publish a podcast on Anchor. So mm -hmm. there's not really a reason for people to listen to ours. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where, you know, previously, if you got lucky or if you worked hard enough to, like, um, like even have access to this technology and push media out there, just by virtue of the fact that like you were on the radio, it was like someone was going to listen because there were six channels. Um, but now 
any anybody has that opportunity, so you have to work so much harder. But I, I think that's such a good, necessary hustle. Like it makes the actual things that rise to the top uh, sometimes really good. But another another downside that I found, um, I this is my current problem with YouTube. Um, as like uh-huh. as you see the commercialization of YouTube and the people who are the most successful, the people who are capitalizing on daily uploads and algorithm hacking and yeah um and turning it into this like almost tv channel or news network or or daily feed what happens is it leaves so much less room for the people who are only uploading content they think is quality um and you have you know there's there's nothing inherently wrong with being a person who pays somebody to follow you around and film you all day and upload that content and like algorithm hacking or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that by any stretch. But to me, the, uh-huh. the best content out there used to be these people who, who would only, they would work really hard and maybe it was once a month, once a week at most, they were uploading and saying, it, you know, it took me a long time, but here's my best work. Um, yeah. And oftentimes taking a month or a year off to like retreat and have a sabbatical, the, the platform doesn't, really in my view it doesn't really support that anymore um as like a yeah. viable means of sustainable creating yeah and i mean that that's just like the society today because even when it comes to like music you see that exact same thing mm. like um the fact that like we put out this album in what was it april yeah april 13th i think i already said that earlier but april 13th and i'm pretty sure the majority of people have already forgot about it mm. Like I look, I've been looking at like our like our plays and everything on Spotify, mm. and we got up to almost a hundred plays the first day that it came out, and then after that it just dropped off. After that, mm. like it's just like everything's just here for a second and then it's gone. So then the people that get rewarded are the people that are always that always have content to put out and just have like and just have more music to keep on putting out. Yeah, which for me is a challenge. Because I'm not really in that mindset. Like, I have to kind of, like, sit with things and kind of, like, mold it and make sure that it sounds quality. But then, like, somebody can put out a song. Like, for example, there's a rapper named XXXTentacion. Oh, like, man. The first, <laughs> the first single that he put out, the first single that everybody knew him for, it's, like, so distorted. And, like, you can barely make out what he's saying. And the bass is so loud that it's, like, distorting everything in the song. That it's, like... Like, it's barely legible, but he's the one that's, like, seeing the success. On the flip side, when I heard the beat, when I heard that song, my first thought was, oh, this sounds terrible, but I want to hear this again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, it's interesting, just, like, that balance, because I do, like, I get what you're saying about, like, the polished, like, taking your time to craft something. Like, I think Nas took a whole year, like, to make Illmatic. I'm gonna reference hip hop a lot. Probably I like hip hop a lot. So like, um, so like it just like the process of making albums. One, it wasn't as easy as it is now. And then the people that are doing it now that don't really like have the that don't really have the preference for quality and just want to put out content are the people that kind of end up on top because they just have that time. They just have that ability to just keep on making stuff because they're not worried about the quality of it. Yeah. But I do think, like, I do think that there's still something good in that because you kind of get them in the moment type feel to stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just that I kind of want to balance of everything 
Yeah. At least for me. Yeah, and I'll definitely say uh, when it comes to critiquing culture and like, okay, you know, here are these new formats. We're now in streaming culture, you know, like people stream albums, they don't buy them on vinyl or download them on yeah. iTunes. Or um, when it comes to critiquing culture, I think the best way to go about it is not to say, oh, it was better when, you know, like, oh, I'm, yeah. That, like, I, th- I don't think I should get up on a soapbox and be like, YouTube used to be better, go back to the old days. But rather, I think the, the, the better thing to do is to say, how do we take this new thing and, and make it the best version of itself now? So, yeah. like, how do we look at Spotify and Tidal and go, okay, rather than, you know, just trying to craft music like it was in the 80s and like this magnificent, you know, get signed, spend a year on an album culture, rather than, yeah. than like trying to be nostalgic about that, like how do I take what is happening now and make that better? How do I take this opportunity and make it the best version of itself? I think that's how we can make our best work and like thrive in yeah in our current yeah and especially if you're trying to like make something for people to consume mm-hmm. like complaining about like how things aren't like they used to is like the most ineffective thing that you can do because like if i know like i had a conversation with this artist and a guy that runs a studio in the area um i had a conversation with them and one of them was saying that they were both kind of talking about how like you don't make a lot of money from spotify and streams and the artist was talking about how that's why he still sells CDs. Like, that's why he still gives out CDs and everything. <laughs> and I had this exact same debate with the other people in uh, OZN. They wanted to they wanted to hand out CDs, and I was like, but nobody really listens to CDs anymore. Yeah. If anything, we need to be handing out USB drives. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally went and bought, like, 80 USB drives from Amazon for, like, I don't know. I think it was or 40. I think I bought 40. Something. I bought some number of USB drives. We had a listening party, and I handed them out there. And it got and it like the difference the difference in response that I got from that yeah versus how people respond when they get a CD was completely different. So each episode of this podcast, what we want to do is talk about interesting pieces of art we've seen this week, uh, and if we interview anybody, we'll talk to them like about what's inspiring them. So here's mine for the week. This is Zach's interesting piece of art that he saw this week that inspired him patent pending title and development um i for the first time saw the trailer for season two of atlanta today actually i hadn't seen it even though it's been out for months and it is so good oh my goodness it's the teaser uh where Donald Glover, it's called Heavy Rotation is the name of the, yeah. the teaser and it's Donald Glover uh, with the camera fixed directly on him, falling over and and just rotating down into the earth and kind of almost watching the trailer feels like in a dream when you fall asleep and wake back up um, but over and over and over and it's just this really interesting piece of cinematography that if you haven't seen you have to watch it because the it just sucks you in, and you just, for 30 seconds, are going, this is so visually engaging. And at the end, you go, how do they do that? Like, yeah, literally, how did they shoot that? Yeah. I really appreciate the the trailers for Atlanta. Yeah, that, I remember. Season one, the, the reverse motion one. Yeah, like, at first, when I watched it, I was like, why are they walking weird? And then I think there was one of them where, like, 
he was putting flyers underneath the um, windshield wipers of cars. And I see that one. like I realized he was taking it out of the car and it was like, wait a minute. This is just them playing it backwards. Like, yeah. like, because like if you watch the background too, like people are walking, they're walking forward, but everybody else is walking backwards. Yeah. And that just like blew my mind. Like I was just like, this is like insane. Like, this just excites me and I want to do something like this, which another topic that we might need to discuss is uh, like uh, creating, using inspiration, copying, yeah. all that stuff. We're definitely going to get into that actually. Absolutely. But not now, but not now. So what we'll was, uh, and oh, and uh, something I found out about that trailer is it was inspired by a music video from the 90s, which I just Googled so that I could remember who who did it. It's a, uh, Drop by the Far Side, I believe is the name of it. Oh, wait. Are you talking about the backwards one? Yes. Yes, I know what video you're talking about. Like, they're all, like, in an alley, and they're, like, walking and stuff backwards yep. or something. Like, Yep, but they're rapping. Like, they, they shot the whole video backwards, and they rapped backwards. And so it lines up with the music perfectly. Another great music video you have yeah. to check out, because Donald Glover yeah. was pulling from them when they made that, that trailer. So. Yeah. But the interesting thing, interesting thing about that is they had to learn their verses backwards. Yes. <laughs> like, not just, like, learning the word, like, not just learning, like, starting from, like, the last word for the first word, but, like, learning how to, like, make, form the words and pronounce it and everything backwards and stuff like that. Like, that's, it. that's effort. Yeah. That's dedication. Yeah. So, Jordan, um, what did you, what kind of art did you see this week that you were inspired by? Yes, yeah, so the creative thing that I saw this week, um, I'm going to actually cheat because I'm um, trying to think about what happened this week that stood out to me creatively. I can't really recall anything that like really like messed me up mentally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is this commercial that I was obsessed with a few weeks ago. Funny how both these are like basically commercials. But um, it's a Powerade commercial. And... They have this guy that's like an old that used to play basketball back in the like back in like the seventies, sixties, whenever they had short shorts or whatever. <laughs> and like this kid, this kid at, is that he's working at a convenience store now. This kid walks in. Um, this kid walks in, buys a great to buy a Gatorade, and he's like, "I remember, like, if they had this back in my day, I'd be breaking everybody's ankles." Flashback to him playing basketball back in the day. He like does a cross, like he says something about like my crossover would have been bad, so bad it like would have broke everybody's ankles. It's like he does a crossover on the court, the um bat, the his opponent falls over, and then like he says something about like referee would have broke his ankles. The referee falls over. Says the peanut guy in the stands would have broke his ankles. Peanut guy is like about to hand peanuts and he like just falls over, and then um like he says like like the it, my hook my crossover would have been so bad that. Uh, like, if you watch the rerun three weeks later, you would have broke your ankle. And then, like, like, like this this woman, the, like, the family room with her husband, like, in their, like, 60s or whatever attire, and they see him do the crossover on TV, and she's walking, and she just, like, falls over. Like, she's just, like, mid-walking, she just, like, falls over. The husband's standing there, and he falls over. And then they cut back to the basketball court. And everybody in the crowd, like the entire arena, is just on the ground because he broke everybody's ankle. <laughs> that commercial to me was like 
the best commercial I've seen in so long. Like the writing was just so clever and it was unique that I don't drink Powerade, but I would drink Powerade after that commercial. Nice. Powerade to sponsor this episode, by the way. But Powerade. It's... This episode is brought to you by Powerade. Be careful with that power or whatever they said at the end of the commercial. But yeah, that was that's what I'm gonna go with as my creative thing I saw. Or whatever the t- episode, the name of this segment is going to be called. The But yeah. Nice. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go the moment you post this, I'm gonna go click that link and I'm gonna watch it. This has been the first and not final episode of the Creative Mind. And thanks for listening and tune in next week where we cover another topic un- unpolished and unplanned sort of planned it'll get better every week yes it's like wine but it ages a lot faster and then it becomes way better a lot faster that analogy got messed up right there yeah it's like a just, it's like a lego that we're building that's yeah it. that's the whole analogy that's it <laughs> our analogies will get better every week <laughs> Tune in next yes. week when we have an analogy We're gonna... that properly describes yeah. why we got better. Or we'll just keep on adding on to these analogies. I'll have a longer wine analogy. Zach will have a longer Lego analogy. <laughs> and we'll just keep on making these analogies longer where it takes like an hour by the end of the, by like the end of, I don't know, season one or however we're going to By the end of it, it's up. just analogies. It's all we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks, Zach, for being willing to do this. Um, it's going to be fun because I like talking to creative people about creative things and you're like one of my favorite creative people to talk to about creative things so yeah just copy paste that only I said it and because I agree um, it's going to be fun because I like talking to creative people about creative things and you're like one of my favorite creative people to talk to about creative things so yeah it was too wordy no I just uh, you just said it perfectly so I, I oh, okay, have a, cool. a better way to phrase it ditto Ditto okay. is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm taking like yeah. six minutes to say ditto. <laughs> oh, ignore that beeping sound. That's my car starting up because I'm recording in my car. Thanks to Anchor. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anyways, I'm going to stop promoting things that I'm not actually getting paid to promote. Also, the internet. Bill Gates. Yes. He made it. Al Gore. Al Gore, Bill Gates, DARPA. Thanks, guys. They work together. All right. See you later. Yeah. So I guess. Uh, All right. I guess that's it. Yeah. Thank you.